Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Shane Quinn of Crunch Fitness out of Florence, Kentucky. Shane, what's going on, my man? How are you today? Hey, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. And nothing, just another day here in uh, Florence, Kentucky, outside of Cincinnati. Love it. And excited to dive into this. Crunch is a fairly national chain at this point. I think most people have come across Crunch in some capacity or another. But Shane, give us an idea, kind of first and foremost, before we dive in on the business side of things, is how you personally got involved with Crunch, when and why? So I've been involved with Crunch for about three years now. Uh, I've been a general manager for most of that. I have run two clubs, um, uh, and I just recently took over the second club about six months ago. And uh, I got involved with fitness because I really care about uh, actually the health and wellness sector. So before Crunch, I was actually in healthcare. I was... Uh, through college and emergency room tech, uh, medical scribe, and then I ran the admissions uh, in hospitals um, for several years. Uh, but I really wanted to see the, the health side of it. I was dealing with a lot of the illness side of the health and wellness sector. So I made that switch into health and wellness and fitness uh, to try and make sure people stay away from where I was working for the past you know, decade or so. Uh, and that's that's really what I bring to the table as far as uh, that goes with my work experience. I want to make sure my people are happy, healthy, and uh, try to will, live the most well-run lives as they possibly can, especially now. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. And my background. And, and so three years later, here you are, right? Yeah. Things have things have evolved a little bit for you. Give us an idea kind of within your club. Obviously, Crunch is built on the open gym model, people paying a monthly membership, coming, doing their workout and going. But there's other services that Crunch layers on top of that. Give us an idea of your club and, and what those services are. Yeah, I think Crunch is a really interesting model that uh, kind of breaks the mold from many other box gyms. Uh, we try to grow with somebody so you can you can come in uh, as that 999 member and you can just use the equipment, but as you advance, there's other areas that you can, you can use. Uh, there's, we have a whole group fitness section and then we also have personal training, uh, high intensity interval training as well. Um, and these areas really allow us to grow and adapt uh, with our membership base. Um, they also, uh, have other services like uh, hydro massage, relax and recover area, uh, so that we, we are incorporating rehabilitation and recovery with your exercise output. So it's really adaptive model, and we try to make sure that it's you know fun and inclusive for everybody, um, so that way uh, not just one person can use it, or just the beginner, or just the really people into classes, but uh, we have something for everybody. Yeah. And, and really 
that's kind of how crunch and many other models in this category have differentiated themselves, right? At a certain point, we can't just compete on volume and cheapest price. It's a race to the bottom and no one wins. Crunch has really separated itself by focusing more on the quality, right? Focusing more on how can we provide value and serve our members with the different ancillary services that you talked about to match them where they are and, and provide different options depending on what they're looking for really give us an idea of how you guys are able to attract new members right marketing and fitness is a really really interesting conversation because there are so many different ways to go about it how have you guys successfully been able to bring in new members so in order to attract new members it's there's a lot of layers to that. Um, there's of course a corporate marketing strategy that we have um, that's above my pay grade. Let's just say that. Um, but from a local level, uh, we do a lot of word of mouth, members telling their friends or family that you know, Crunch is the place to be. Uh, we invite people to take our classes and to try our facility uh, on a daily basis. Um, so that way we make sure that new people are coming in the door and trying out this place. Maybe they've, they've just heard about Crunch. Uh, so we want them to try out these things because like you said, the value is there. And once you are in the space and you see all the different things that you can do, um, we hope that people stay. And we hope that people invite their friends and family to stay as well and work out because that's really where, where the money is. The cult. The culture of the gym and creating a culture of fitness, health, wellness, um, and then surrounding that and expanding on that, that's really what we try to do and what I try to do here at this particular club is making sure that the culture of health and fitness is front and center. Yeah. And one of the things that you just touched on was we hope people stay, we, we hope their friends and family stay. And so that brings us inevitably to retention right at a certain point this is i mean this is a for-profit business there's only a handful of ways to grow a business like this and it's get more members get more money from the members that we have or keep those members longer it sounds like that third category is a big focus for you what do you guys do from a business perspective to kind of control the controllables and make sure retention is as high as it can be our controllables are our customer satisfaction. So that's a big umbrella. Uh, I think it's no secret that keeping a gym very clean and very friendly as a gym is the two highest priorities um, for, for most, most gym operators. Um, but then also uh, there's this thing of, you know, really making a great impact on members. And so all the values that we, we have that we already talked about, um, the group fitness, the personal training and the high intensity interval training, and then all the accessory services. Um, some members don't use those initially because they don't know what those are. So we invite those members into those spaces and really you know, ask them to try it out because those areas are what we you know, we consider to have the most value and uh, think that 
they're great services for members because they may not have used them before, but they're just right. going to add to their their variety and to uh, their overall plans that they've come in with. Yeah, and and I agree with you. That's sort of that that second category that we talked about in terms of how can we get more revenue per member, and it's those higher level services, but the challenge in this model has always been how can we get more people to try out these services when they try them genuinely they typically like them right whether it's group classes whether it's training whatever it may be but the challenge being how can we get somebody to that what has been kind of the best way for you guys to have that conversation to encourage a member to try that is it done on a one-on-one -on -one basis is it done in mass with messaging, what does that look like for you guys? There's no one way for everybody. Uh, I personally use a few different varieties and then con consistent messaging. So maybe it's a face-to-face -face interaction. Maybe it's a, a friend telling them how great a class is. Maybe it's the fact that they saw a billboard or, or a social media post on it. Um, but for everyone, it's going to be different, but you have to consistently message those things so that, you know, it's like, it's like having a billboard or a commercial. Maybe you don't really uh, pay much attention the first time, but on the third or fourth time, um, you may be interested enough to really take part in that class or take part in that experience. I think that's the best way to um, bring in people into services that they haven't tried before. Um, so, and, and then on top of all that, Crunch has a model of infusing fitness and entertainment and fun. And so why not try something that's super fun, super uh, enjoyable that maybe you haven't tried before. I don't know about you, but with my gym experiences, sometimes they get old and stale and I need to have that next experience to really reinvigorate my fitness and health journey. So that's course, something yeah. that we always try to do here. And there's always something new to try because we're yeah. constantly rotating classes and constantly trying new things. We have been one of the leaders in the industry for the past 30 years and we don't get to stay a leader in the industry for the past 30 years without bringing in new, fresh ideas. Of course. And, and so we've touched on a couple of things. We've touched on, of course, bringing in new members overall, right? Of course, this, this sort of model inevitably leads itself. We need always new kind of leads because no gym has 100% retention and that's just reality. Yeah, we've touched on kind of encouraging the membership to try higher ticket services, be it in the form of group classes or in the form of personal training. And we've talked about retention and keeping as many of those members as possible. Where do you think your club specifically of those three has the biggest area to improve or the biggest opportunity here going into 2022? Is it more members? Is it more revenue per member? Is it better retention? What is that for you? I think since I've taken over the club, uh, this particular one, uh, we've had a really good retention rate just because we have high value and I keep high standards for my club. Uh, so that is really a great uh, boon to my membership base, just sure. keeping high standards and uh, making sure that there's always something fresh to try and people are engaged. Um, 
I think where I would really try and grow my membership base um, is within, I live in a, my gym lives in a very commercially related center. So you have to take into account where, you lo where you're located. So um, just realize, I just realized who I'm marketing to. And so most of my people either work here or are uh, you know, commercial business owners or something like that. I don't have a high residential population. So that's really where I think any sort of growth is gonna come from, like major growth is gonna come from. Uh, so that's where I would put my focus in um, and create some sort of uh, avenue to, to get those businesses also involved. Ah, okay. So of course, building the base membership, that's always a goal in this sort of model, but creating corporate partnerships while still developing, of course, group training and PT. The, the beauty of this model is that there's growth can come in so many different areas because of the size of it. And so you guys have a number of options going forward. Shane, kind of bring us back center here for a moment because the, the nature of franchise fitness, corporate fitness, all of the different pieces that come with that provide a whole lot of opportunities on the individual level as well. What is growth for you? What is, what is the future for you within crunch or within the industry overall? I think I've done really well as a general manager and I'd love to continue that path. Uh, if I were to grow with crunch, crunch offers a lot of different paths for development. And my personal one is always on the, on the business side, even though I love wearing all the different hats within general management and all the different hats within personal training and group fitness, um, I would love to possibly do something on the, a district or regional level. Um, I do have a real passion for creating great experiences for members. Um, and a lot of the things I've done have shown that with both of my clubs. So. I would love to grow that and put that into different uh, different clubs. Like, so bring all the things that I've done to this one club to multiple clubs, whether that be a district or regional manager of several different clubs. Yeah. Uh, eventually, you know, if I could work for central headquarters for Crunch, that'd be that'd be really amazing too. Yeah, and and so I guess here's the the real kicker because I'm sure that there are other people in similar positioning to you. What needs to happen in order to make that a reality for you? I think everybody, uh, at least when you get to this size organization, has some indicators for what is successful or not. Um, every company has different ones. So if you worked for a different organization, I couldn't really tell you what they prior prioritize. Um, but for Crunch, they really prioritize um, the members having fun and having a great experience. And then also that shows in other areas of the business, like we talked about retention and uh, just membership growth. So if, you're, if you create a really great experience, if you have uh, great classes and your staff are happy and your members are happy, uh, those are really good indicators for if you are successful within the crunch model. Um, so that's always something that they're looking for. And I try to exemplify and um, 
just grow in every every day that I work. Sure. And and Shane, that's probably a pretty good place to start to wrap this whole conversation up. But before we get out of here, where can people find out a little bit more about your club specifically? My club specifically is Crunch Florence. So you can go to crunchflorence.com. You can follow us on Crunch Florence at Instagram or Facebook. I also just started a TikTok account. So uh, Crunch Florence is the handle for all those. Uh, so you can see my face. If you're listening to me online, you can see my face when you go to those different handles. Um, and yeah, uh, those, those are all the best ways to find me. That's perfect. Shane, it's been a pleasure to host this conversation and I appreciate the mindset that you bring when it comes to managing and growing a club like this. I wish you nothing but the best and, and I hope to see you guys succeed here in 2022. Yeah, I think it's been really uh, a great, you know, COVID and everything like that has kind of just honed us in on what's really important for us. And as we move into 2022 and move out some of, of some of the mindsets that were in 2021 and 2020, I think overall crunch is growing and uh, I think that's just going to make us expand even faster. Yeah. Hope to see it. And, and sir, I thank you for your time and we'll have to check in with you again down the road. How's that sound? Absolutely. Awesome. Shane, I appreciate it. To everyone who tuned in today, I appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Jerry from Synergy Fitness in Baldwin, Long Island. What's up, Jerry? How are you today? Hi, Bree. I'm great. How are you? Doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. No problem. Alrighty, so let's jump right into the details here. What is it that made you want to own your own facility? How did you get started? Wow, so I got married. Um, before that, I was actually on the U.S. team for judo. My husband played football and captain of the team at Hofstra in Long Island. Um, we got married. It was always our dream to do something fitness-wise. We owned a bar at the time in West Hempstead. Um, I think I moved back to Long Island from New Jersey and I started working actually as a, for a physical therapist for an independent living facility. And during that time, that was 2001, they started opening up a gym by me in Baldwin, Synergy Fitness. Um, I actually wound up staying there, starting there as a trainer um, from 2001 Fast forward to 2008 when the market crashed 
and my husband's company sort of went in the crapper. Um, we were trying to figure out how to open up another gym, which was in the same town, but north of us, it's a big town. Um, that didn't work out. So we went back to the owners of Synergy and my husband, you know, worked that out with them. Mm -hmm. Let's be partners and we'll grow the business. So 2009, we became partners. Um, I have two other partners and did just that. My husband's in the commercial mortgage business. He figured out how to do an SBA loan to buy the building. Mm -hmm. um, we bought the building. We have other renters in the building, other you know people there. Brought our lease down. They were paying most of the, the rent mm -hmm. and uh, been there since and just grew the business tremendously. Yes, that's amazing. Okay, so awesome that you own the building. That's helpful. And having other yeah. people in place that are renting from you. That's great as far as cutting down the overhead costs go. And then I love to hear that you also started as a trainer there because that's an important piece, I think, as far as just seeing the function of the business before stepping into ownership. You know, there are so many things that yes. you kind of learn along the way there before stepping into ownership that are super helpful. Uh, a lot of people just kind of go right into ownership, not having had that experience beforehand. So definitely valuable there. Um, now, quite a large facility that you're running now. So what is the square footage and what does your business model look like? How are you, how are you structuring things as far as open memberships, personal training? What does that all look like? So we actually didn't start with, it's 25,000 square feet now. Okay. We probably started out with half of that. Um, one of our, um, one of the businesses in the building actually went out and we decided to just take over the rest of that space. Um, we put in an indoor track. Um, we sort of expanded our personal training from just general conditioning to athletic training. Um, I have probably 15 different classes that are actually along with membership. So with your $30 a month, you also get all those classes access to them. Okay. Um, our trainers at that time, we probably had about 14 trainers. Um, everyone had their own niche, uh, from sports training to general conditioning, uh, to post and, uh, pre prehab rehab, mm -hmm. um, you name it, you know, we pretty much had it. I also brought in because at the time we started with TRX, which I was, um, pretty much linked up with them for a long time. So we brought TRX all the new toys and the more toys you have in your toy box, the more valuable you are to the members and to yourself actually in the company. Mm -hmm. Brought in kettlebells and all that kind of stuff and uh, more equipment, little diversified in the equipment. My other uh, clients and uh, business op uh, owners were not so versed in some of the equipment. So we changed it up a little bit and again, you know, made it more of an experience for our members. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So lots of, lots of offerings there, lots of different things going on for your members. So that's fantastic. How many members are you currently serving within the facility? Currently active, we have 4,000. 
Okay. Uh, prior to COVID, it was probably closer to 5,500. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so go ahead. that was part coming back was, was an experience. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. So now are you, have you built back some of those memberships since like, did it, did you lose more than 1500 or so people during COVID or? Um, wow. So what we had done was obviously because we were closed for six months, mm -hmm. um, we put everybody on a freeze, obviously at our expense because we couldn't charge our members. Right. I think what happened was a lot of members actually moved. Yeah. So they moved out of state. Mm -hmm. um, then it's now we have to attract the new people that moved in. Right. You know, new marketing. Uh, trying to get people that aren't afraid to come back inside again. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and that whole start off with the masks and the cleanliness and all that kind of stuff. And we had to go through the health department. Um, it, it was a slow process, but in that interim, we also actually got rid of one of our, one of the other owners. And we had okay. someone new come in that used to open, own a gym. Um, and he's actually doing a lot of our marketing. He's doing a great job, Paul. Um, mm -hmm. He's bringing a whole VPN system in, um, retraining our staff as far as sales, as to how to sell, making sure everybody's on the same page. And so far, so good. I mean, we probably got uh, maybe 1,500 new members since COVID and since Paul came in and he's right. really you know, making it grow. Right. Absolutely. That's really good to hear. So now kind of trying to get up to that 5,500 or so mark as far as membership goes and then even beyond that, or is that kind of your maximum? Oh, uh, no, we could go beyond that. Um, yeah. The difference now, like prior to COVID, we were 24 hours. Okay. So now, yeah, we were 24 hours Monday through Friday. Um, the weekends we closed, you know, we had a, uh, six to eight. Um, now we're, you know, we close at 11 during the mm -hmm. week. Um, so, you know, it's less staff obviously, cause we don't have, you know, people overnight. Um, and you know, the overnight people like third party firemen, police department, nurses, doctors, you know, that would come in on their third shift. Um, unfortunately those people we don't have. Mm -hmm. So a lot of those people canceled, um, so it's just a matter of, you know, hopefully, you know, if we can get back to that, but then finding people to work. Yeah. Uh, right. Happen, you know, trainers, like I said, you know, hard to find because nobody wants to work. <laughs> right. Yeah. So maybe a little bit of just kind of almost like retargeting, like you said, kind of talking to the people that have moved in to grow the membership, how you have things laid out now. And then in the future, if you are able to go back to that 24 hours, great. But if not, if you can kind of get the membership up to where you want it and not have to go 24 hours, that might be. That would be, that would be good also. I think yeah. a lot of the people, because we're starting to do a lot of stuff, we're trying to start some outdoor activity. So like okay. programs, so we can go, like I have a park next to where we are. So we can walk to the park. We can do the circuit at the park. So people aren't stuck inside all the time and they feel okay. a little bit more comfortable as they ease them back into the gym again. Right, absolutely. And, and our gym is more of a community. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everybody, a lot of people know each other. 
so that works out really well too. So everybody, you know, everybody's really close. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That certainly helps. And just kind of getting people, like you said, just getting fitness back on people's minds, essentially yes. kind of any way that you can, and then eventually bringing them back into the facility once they feel comfortable doing so. So that's definitely helpful. Now, as far as the marketing goes and getting the word out there about the facility, how are you going about doing that? Is that through social media? Are you doing paid advertising through like Facebook, Instagram, Google, things of that nature? What's that look like? We're right? doing all of that. Okay. Um, we also have, so with our new system, we can do email and text blasts to okay. all of our members, um, to any, to any uh, new classes that there are, um, you know, new uh, things that are coming up, you know, upcoming. We're going to do, an, you know, sort of like a restructuring. We're actually in the middle of getting new equipment, um, doing some construction in the gym, changing it up a little bit. Um, so it's going to be like a grand reopening. So it's going to be like bringing healthy back because, yeah. you know, in this market with COVID, everybody saw that they really needed to be healthy to get through all of that. Definitely. Absolutely. Okay. And now do you provide any other streams of revenue for the business within the gym? So as far as like any supplementation or any um, retail or anything of that nature? We actually don't. Um, we used to do shakes and that kind of stuff. But then again, with COVID, that sort of put that on the back burner. And, and a lot of people are still a little iffy when it comes to that with touching things. Yeah. Which is, you know, a big fallacy that we know. But yeah, <laughs> it's in people's heads. And <laughs> we're just trying to do what we can do with that. Um, you know, we have people come in that own like... Uh, like vitamin shop and things like that. And they'll come in and do a, a desk and they'll do their own little presentations, um, different companies that do their own food and they come in and, and they do healthy meals. And if we want, you know, we can put them on a refrigerator if people order, you know, mm -hmm. we do that kind of stuff. Um, again, we're just trying to re feel what, you know, people are, are going to go for and not go for. Right. We actually decided to put saunas, in the locker rooms, which sort of got people's interest up. So, you know, that, you know, is a start. Um, and some fun stuff, more like group exercise things, hula hoop classes, um, you know, fun stuff to get people interested again. Right, yeah, just different things to kind of um, spark people's interest and get their attention and Correct. get them back in the doors. Okay, uh, so now, one thing that I always love to ask about is key challenges that you're facing in the business right now. So whether that be bottlenecks or just something that's kind of top in top of mind rather that you're really looking to tackle to kind of get to the next level. Is there anything that kind of sticks out in your mind there? Keep getting people to work. It's hard getting staff. Um, you know, me still, I'm still training people. Um, right. I'm, a I'm a master trainer myself. So I went from 16 trainers to four and wow. I actually five. And it's just, you know, people, some trainers sort of put themselves in this little niche mm -hmm. instead of expanding their horizons a little bit and getting those tools to, to change 
right. you know, to, to be, to work with other people than just their little group. Right. Um, and trying to get them to broaden their horizons a little bit and get them excited to do different things. Definitely. You know, and the other thing is too, because everybody wasn't working for so long, people don't have the money to take those classes that get certifications for their kettlebells and for that kind of stuff. So um, between that and even getting salespeople and, and people to clean, it's a big facility. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and if people start and then they just disappear and then you go on Indeed, which I, I don't know if, you know, you notice when people use Indeed, it's just to show unemployment that they're looking for a job. Nobody answers phone calls. Nobody comes in for their interviews and it gets very frustrating. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I can definitely relate to that. I mean, there were days I would schedule 10 interviews for the same time because I knew that most of one. them, <laughs> maybe there were days where I would schedule 10 and not one single person would show up and it just like would blow my mind. And this was every single day, you know, yep. it's like hundreds of interviews scheduled a week and nobody shows up. And it's I, like, I, I don't understand it. I mean, I work, I've been working. I mean, I just turned 60. I'm working since I'm 13 years old. Right. I, you know, wh where's the money coming from? <laughs> yes. And not to mention, it's like, I would get so bored, you know, like I yeah. would not know what to do with myself just sitting home every day. <laughs> like during COVID and the shutdowns, I was like going crazy. Cause it's like going from, you know, I mean, working in the gym, it's like, you're going like a hundred miles an hour all day, every day. One thing. Zero to zero. Like, zero yeah. to zero. Yep. Yeah. And then going to doing nothing. I was like, I'm going to lose my mind. So I, I don't get it, but I know I, I, I got a little lucky because you know, yeah, we were closed. I, papered up my windows. And I actually had some clients that asked me, is if, if you keep me safe, can I train? I'm like, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So like I had maybe five people that I would bring in one at a time in the back of the gym and, you know, 25,000 square feet, nobody's in there, you know, nothing's going to be happening. And, right. and it was fine. It yeah. Was fine. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of gym owners did that. You know, they're like, yes. I kept it under the radar, but I, I tried to stay open a little bit, you know, and help some people because yep. there were a lot of people that really needed that outlet, you know, and myself included. It was just so frustrating to not even be able to have access to that, especially when you're a very active person and these yep. people have developed these routines and then to get that completely taken away overnight, it's like mentally even it's a huge part of people's lives. Yes. It just, so. and it shut up and then, then you're sitting there and you, you get shut down by the government, but they still want you to pay their taxes. Oh yeah. And of course. My taxes are $236,000 a year. Yeah. And then when it's all over, they're like, well, where's my taxes? Yes. <laughs> I was like, right. well, you'll get it when I get it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's just mind blowing. Right. It's like being closed for that long. And then even when we were able to open, putting it on, um, the restriction as far as the capacity, 25% yeah. capacity. It's like, okay, I can't pay my bills on 25% of my income. You know, it doesn't work that exactly. way. No. It so does not. it was, yeah, 
challenging to say the least and very frustrating. So yeah, being able to serve mm -hmm. anyone in any capacity at that point was definitely welcome. I completely agree. Um, so now what are your main focuses within the business for 2022? What are you directing most of your attention to? I mean, aside from obviously trying to hire and get people to, to come in and work, um, but within the business itself, what are you looking to do this year? Um, we need to increase our personal training program for mm -hmm. sure. Um, we are actually, we did a restructuring in our rates that have changed. We need to up our monthly, you know, influx of money. Mm -hmm. Um, probably another, I think we're at maybe 140, 160,000 a month. Mm -hmm. We need to bring that up to like, you know, as close to 200 as possible. Yeah. It's very foreseeable. I mean, people are starting to come back now and they're getting frustrated and, you know, they just want to get back in shape again and get their life together. Mm -hmm. So, and, and as, as strange as it is during the summertime, because you get so slow, last summer was jamming. We were packed yes. over the summer. And this summer, it, it, like right now, it looks like we're on pace to have a pretty busy summer again as well. And, and people working out outside too, but they're still coming in the gym. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I feel that as well, that this summer is going to be busy like last summer, just because, you know, it's like we had last summer and then we had like all of these variants come out and it was like kind of- It was taken away. <laughs> yes, again, right? And now yep. it feels like it's starting to build back up again. And hopefully we'll see that same kind of influx over the summer, which like you said before is odd because usually that's a little bit quieter because a lot yep. of people tend to be outside more and doing other activities and they don't tend to come in as often. But right now it's like, I think people are just ready just ready to get back into the gym, over it. back into their <laughs> routine. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so now would getting the membership number back up to around 5,500, would that get you to that revenue point that you're looking to get to or? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. 100%. Yeah, um, and I think that might even go above that. You know, if we can get 6,000 yeah. and up that the, the PT program, Right. It would be golden. Definitely. Yeah. That personal training program, that's definitely a good way to uh, obviously serve your clients at a higher level, but then also bring in more revenue on a monthly basis for the gym itself. So if yes. you're able to get a good percentage of those clients into those personal training programs, that's ideal. Yeah. And we restructured the personal training. So instead of buying like a package, we have like an EFT, so it's ongoing practice. So we broke it down and told them, so for three months, you're paying the same amount of money, but you're paying it over through it. So we're getting the money in every month, mm -hmm. but we'll take away your monthly fee. Okay. So, you know, that is, is helping a lot. A Definitely. Lot. And I love that you have them on reoccurring because there are so many times where you know, selling packages, so many people, so many gyms rather sell personal training packages, which is okay. But then it's like, you have to sell them so many times throughout the year, the same yep. person, you know, it's like, 
they're buying X amount of sessions and then they run out and it's like, you have to keep track of that. You have to know how many sessions they have left. You have to talk about renewing with them. And, you know, it's so much easier when you just have it on a monthly reoccurring membership, essentially. Uh, It makes it so much easier to track. And it's just, we know that people are not going to get results in, you know, five sessions or exactly. a lot of trainers are doing per session. And it's like, that is just so much That's, to keep up with. Yeah. You, so, you can't do that. I mean, you have to give yourself a time and you have to give your, your client a timeline. Right. You know, and if you aren't meeting that timeline, they're not going to re-up with you. Yeah. So, you know, it's, you know, it's partially the, the trainer also, you know, it's, you sort of got to hold back a little bit just before the end of that and then start throwing new things at them a little bit going oh there's a little yeah. bit more to this <laughs> right yeah keep them coming keep them yeah. interested in what's coming next yeah absolutely and also in the beginning you you kind of touched on this as well selling the client themselves to their goal rather than just selling them personal training, you know, it's like, if we're selling them results, we're sitting down with them, we're diagnosing exactly what they want and how long it's going to take them to actually get to that goal. They're far more likely to stick with us. If, if we're doing that rather than just selling them on, you know, a personal training session. Correct. Which comes back to finding trainers. And when I say trainers in quotes, just because you can train yourself doesn't mean you can train other people. Right. And people don't understand that. So I want to make sure that I have somebody that has their certifications, has their CPR, AED, and they're qualified to do what I want them to do to make sure that they understand you're going to work for your client's goals, not because what you want for them. Yes, things are going to change and you're going to back things up a little bit because they're not ready to do some things but it's about their goals and what they want, not what we want. Right. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And not being afraid to sit down with people and just have real conversations about that because everybody that comes in the door has something that they're looking to achieve. And as a trainer, it's your job to kind of discover that and pull that out and determine how you're going to be able to help them. Um, you know, and then we get more money. <laughs> What's that? And then you get more money. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes, absolutely. You know, you're solving a problem for someone. And I think a lot of times trainers are uncomfortable. They don't want to have these conversations. They don't want to ask for money. And, you know, they have trouble kind of seeing the value in what it is that they're providing. Because like you said, like these trainers, they come in, they know how to train themselves. Right. So it's like, they don't need the services that they're providing. So it's very hard for them to see the value behind that. Um, So kind of breaking through that and not being afraid to sit down with people and have real conversations and sometimes ask hard, uncomfortable questions uh, to get to the reason why they're there and then provide the solution. You know, that's what makes you more valuable to them and more valuable to my business. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. And, and, you know, a lot of trainers too have no idea how to acquire new clients. And in the larger facilities like yours, the nice thing about that is the we clients are today. there. <laughs> yes, yep. exactly. Right. So if, you know, if there are any personal trainers out there listening to this, it's like, learn, learn sales, 
you know? Yes. And that's something that can be applied in many areas of your life. You know, it's like sales are sales. So if you can learn as much as you can about sales, then it's such a useful skill to have. And, and then you and also- my husband tells me all the time that I'm the worst salesperson, which I agree with him. I am. I'm not a salesperson. Like mm-hmm. I can sell me. And if you're a good trainer, I will sell you. Right. But that's as far as it goes. Yeah. <laughs> right. But then again, you know, with that being said, when you're very passionate and genuine, it's, it, that comes be, across. It, it just comes out. Yep. And you know, that jumps it's right so- off of you. And then it's not really a sale. You know, it doesn't feel like a sale. It's like, all right, we're going to help you. This is your problem. This is how we're going to solve it. And this is what it costs. Exactly. You know, so that kind of takes the, the salesy feel and aspects out of it when you are super passionate about what you do and you're genu- genuinely just trying to help someone. Because your health is worth it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. The reference that I really love to use is... Um, like a car, a car payment, you know, it's like so many people are willing to pay $500 a month or more for the vehicle that they drive. And it's like, okay, well, how many vehicles are we going to have over our entire life? Five, maybe six, who knows, you know, who knows? Unpredictable, but chances are you're going to have more than one. Your body. Yeah. Right. Your body, you get one. You got to live in it for your entire life. You know, so that should be of the highest priority as far as investing and taking care of your body. But people don't look at it that way. So if you go out, go out to eat three nights a week, what you pay for one meal is less than what you would pay for a gym membership for a month. Right. Yes. It's crazy. You know, when you really break it down like that, it's like, wow. Yep. Mm -hmm. All righty. So now. This is something that I always love to ask about as well. If you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering going their own way, doing their own thing, opening their own facility, what would that be? What's one of the biggest things that you've learned from your time in the industry? I just had this conversation with one of my trainers. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) So... The problem was you cannot have a personal training business within someone else's business, Mm -hmm. which is what he was trying to do. It's a company and you follow company rules. Mm -hmm. It's great that you can train people, but you need to see what's going on in the background because, all right, you're training people, you're paying your rent, you're paying for your food. Um, now you have to pay for your business's rent all your bills for your air conditioning, your heat, your gas, your electric, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Really soak in what you're seeing. You have the opportunity to pick people's brains where you are. Yes. Do that. Yes. Ask questions. And the only stupid question that you don't ask is the one that's going to actually answer all your questions. There are no stupid questions. Right. It's the one that you don't ask. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Kind of absorbing everything that you can along the way and learning as much as you can where you are can make a huge difference in the future. And, you know, even 
in the beginning when we touched on you being a trainer first and and before you came into ownership you know those things that you learn along the way are just so valuable and so important. And if you can connect with somebody who's been there before or is, is currently doing what you want to do and just absorb as much information as possible, it's so, so valuable. So yeah, asking as many questions as you can along the way, you know, a lot of times, and this for, for me was my experience, a lot of the stuff was me learning what not to do. You know, yes. it's like some of those things that I learned along the way saved me so much money and time and frustration, just learning how not to approach something from some of our mistakes, by yes. all our mistakes. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. And we Absolutely. make plenty of them and that's how you learn and grow. Definitely. Absolutely. All right. So now as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Um, Synergy Long Island on uh, Facebook and Instagram. All right. Uh, Anywhere else? Any website or? Um, that's pretty much area. Again, so our company, we have, there are five other gyms. We're okay. actually sort of separating. So it's that's going to change also because it'll probably be Synergy Baldwin or something at some point. But right now, Synergy Long Island is where you're going to find all the Synergy uh, information. And we just really started getting that going again since COVID. Um, you know, we have a girl in the gym that's, that's taking care of it for us now. And I'm sure hopefully later on, it's it'll get even bigger. Perfect. All righty. So Jerry from Synergy Fitness in Baldwin, Long Island, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. It's been so great having you on the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Alpha Evolution in Newark, Ohio, Josh Moore. How are you doing today? Good, good. How are you? Fantastic, man. I'm, I'm pumped to hear about you, about Alpha Evolution. So let's, let's dive into it. Tell us what you're all about there. Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, we are a powerlifting strongman-based gym based out of Newark, Ohio, which is uh, 30 minutes east of Columbus. 
So we're in a, a pretty good spot. We're close to, you know, where the Arnold is held every year. We're close to Westside Barbell, close to Rogue, uh, Elite FTS. So Ohio's kind of, uh, as we was discussing Portify, it's kind of a mecca, um, aside, you know, from like California, obviously with bodybuilding back in the day. But Ohio's kind of like the fitness, I don't want to say capital, but almost like the fitness capital right now. Um, so we've been open since 2015, uh, April of this year, we'll make seven years that we have been open, started out as a weight loss gym is what we was known for. Uh, and then slowly over time, we just kind of transitioned into powerlifting and strongman, which has kind of always, you know, had my heart, um, a little bit. So that's, uh, kind of where we're at. Awesome, man. So what was your um your background as far as being a, a gym goer fitness consumer uh you know professionally where were you before you came into becoming an owner of uh, alpha evolution <laughs> so uh owning a gym was never really even on my radar um i had only gotten I lifted in you know obviously like every other athlete you lift in high school and then I hadn't really lifted my wife drug me to a cardio kickboxing class and I went there for a couple weeks and they had a bench press I went over and I bench press and I was like man I I miss lifting and then so I got back into lifting Uh, I was in nursing school at the time and with two semesters left to finish up my, my RN, I got kicked out for being sick. So I kind of sat around for a couple of days moping and decided I'm going to open a gym. And that's exactly what I did. Um, I started my gym and I had very minimal equipment. Uh, I begged and borrowed from you know friends and family. And I mean, I think I found our first treadmill on the, uh, on the side of the road. I mean, it was super grassroots um wasn't sure if it was going to work but didn't have a backup plan so it had to work and here we are now we have some of the you know the nicest equipment around um so it's it's come a long way awesome awesome man so you right now are in a facility that um it's it's about four thousand square feet is this the, have you been in the same place the whole time or have you had uh, other locations along the way? No, we've been in the same location. Um, the land, our original landlord, the building actually just sold, but the original landlord made me sign a three-year lease uh, because he didn't think that I'd last longer than a month. So um, we're in the same spot, you know, haven't ever missed a, a payment and just keep on going. So the plan is to, is to eventually buy a bigger spot of my own um, just because I, I would rather own than rent. So that, and I need more space. I would like eight to 10,000 square feet roughly. Yeah. Um, you know, dream, we always want, we always want more space, more toys, more things that we can uh, give to our clients. I think as, as trainers and gym owners, we just, we want, we want the dream facility. We try to spoil our clients. Uh, 4,000 square feet is a big place to jump into right from the get go. So, uh, I give you props for that, for just feeling like, Hey, this is, you know, I I don't need to be in a a storage closet. I don't want to start in 800 or thousand square feet. Like if we're going to do this, 
we're going to push our chips in. We're going to, we're going to go all in and, uh, you know, grow into it and grow into it. You have for yeah. sure. Yeah. So, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm one of those people that I will bet on me any day of the week. Um, I'm just, I'm a resilient kind of guy. Like, I mean, if I'm doing something, I'm all in and I'm not going to fail. I mean, there's going to be bumps along the way. Uh, there's going to be struggles, but like, I, I am determined to succeed. Awesome. That's uh, and probably a big part of the reason why you're there seven years later. So I want to jump into what the gym was. I know you touched on a little bit. You were more, you know, weight loss focused, more transformation center when you opened. Uh, so I'd like to talk through how that's how that's progressed over time. You know, you opened up, that was what was the bread and butter. You know, how did you, how did you market that? What were sales like for that? And how much has that changed as you've evolved uh, to borrow a term more to a powerlifting strongman type of facility? Yeah. Um, well, the way I marketed it in the beginning was myself. I went and lost 80 pounds in four months uh, do like a crazy transformation. And so I had, you know, progress pictures on myself that I could then show potential clients. And then when I got, you know, one or two, well, then you have to get results. So we started getting results and then I marketed those. And I mean, at one point in time, I was training 18 people a day. I mean, it was, it was wild at one point in time. It was, it was too much. Um, I got three kids. My, you know, when I started the gym, my wife was pregnant with our twins. So it was chaotic at that point in time. Um, and then we kind of transitioned into powerlifting just because some of the local, you know, powerlifters were getting tired of getting yelled at, at other gyms for, you know, using chalk or deadlifting too loud or, you know, just some of the crazy rules that, you know, some gyms have, which, I mean, that's fine. It's their gym. Um, but I, I was just like, yeah, you guys can come here. You know, we have the stuff. And, um, so that's how we got into powerlifting. The strong man came a couple years ago. Um, I kind of saw how strong man was picking up popularity and I knew that there wasn't really a strong man equipped gym within my area. So I just decided we're going strong man. Um, and that's what we've done. I mean, we have, we have yokes, logs, Atlas stones. We have a Honda Civic inside the gym right now that you can car deadlift. It's here all the time. So yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a Civic actually, it's right below me. I'm in my office right now and it's right below me. There's a, there's a black Honda Civic. You can, you can car deadlift. So, um, we just kind of transitioned into that. And I mean, we still do, we still do have guys and girls that come in here and, you know, lose weight, but that's not really where our focus is at right now. Um, now I have been kind of tossing around the idea of getting back into it a little bit, but um, just with myself, because, you know, once COVID happened, you kind of quit lifting. And then um, I recently just had cancer. So I got over that. So I hadn't really been working out. Um so I, I've packed on some weight and I'm like, Oh, I'm miserable. I look like crap and I'm, I own a gym. So I may, I may try losing weight. And if I do it, then I might make it a competition just because I'm a motivated person and I like competition. So um, we might get back into, into the weight loss stuff. 
but that's how we got into powerlifting and strongman. All right, man. So, well, one, um, you know, congratulations on still being here. Like, uh, that's a little bit of a bomb to drop. So I'm, I'm glad. Yeah. I guess if you can beat cancer, uh, anything you're going to have to do in your business is going to probably yeah. feel like small potatoes. So I'm glad you're here, able to talk to us today. So yeah, thank goodness for mo modern medicine, right? Yeah. And early diagnosis, catching it. That was, that was the big part. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we talk a lot about how, um, you know, we, we work in health and wellness and help people, you know, stay safe and, and live longer and be healthy, but there's still, there's a lot to be said for the things that, you know, the doctors do it, you know, in their world too. So um, oh, absolutely. Again, glad we have you here. So um, let's talk a little bit about staffing. I know right now you're a one man show um, yeah. and we can get into, you know, some of the things that we've seen, you know, people try to, to get staffing or grow staffing, but have you ever had any employees in your seven years there and and what have been kind of, uh, what's your experience there if you have? Yeah, I've had a couple, um, I've had a couple personal trainers here. Um, and then they just kind of, they st actually, they still come and work out here. They just don't train clients anymore. They just, you know, went and got different careers and, you know, lives changed. Um, I'm always looking for, for trainers, but right now it just seems like it's, it's hard to find motivated individuals who want to want to work and make money um, I'm probably the most fairest gym owner when it comes to how trainers are paid I know all the gyms around me usually take 60 70 percent of what a trainer brings in and gives them 30 to 40 percent and I actually just flipped it I just take like 30 percent and they keep 70 percent um, you know so it, it keeps them usually keeps them happy and, and motivated to, you know, keep making money because they're making, a, you know, most money of any trainer in the area. But yeah, it's, it's weird times. The last, you know, two years or so have really been, been kind of different, you know, in terms of trying to find workforce. So um, yeah, right now it's just me. And I mean, my wife helps out, you know, in the evenings with, you know, sign up, sign up new members and kind of run the business when I'm not here. Cause I'm here all day, so I can't be here all the time, but she comes in works out and kind of handles things for me. All right, cool. So let's talk about um, what avenues, at least recently, that you've tried to go down in order to find trainings, trainers. Where have you looked in, uh, you know, what have been kind of the obstacles with, with uh, you know, finding good applicants going, you know, going through the process? Yeah, I've, uh, social media has been huge for us. Um, that's probably where 80% of our, one of our, you know, memberships come from. And, uh, so I use social media a lot and I've posted, uh, you know, now hiring on there. Um, and I've gotten a couple resumes, but you know, when you, when you call them and ask them to come in and just talk to you, they, I found that, you know, they, they haven't shown up. So, um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of at a spot to where I don't know what else to do, uh, as far as, you know, getting people to, to train people. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a hard spot for me right now. So I don't really have like a, an answer on how to, how to get people to come work. 
Yeah, if we could, if, we, if you and I could come up with a personal trainer or, uh, you know, fitness trainer um, factory, we, we'd both be billionaires for sure. So um, yeah, absolutely. a couple of things that I've seen um, people working on in the industry, I'm going to run by you and just get, you know, kind of your input on them and your opinion. And, and, you know, obviously everybody can't do everything for, um, you know, in every instance, but, you know, top of mind for me is some of these very niche specific websites. We have fitnessjobs.com, barbelljobs.com, uh, personaltrainerjobs.com, and then Indeed, you know, the more generic uh, website. Have you at any point looked into any of those? Do you have any feelings about, you know, whether you would or would be, you know, wouldn't be interested in going that route? Um, the first three I didn't even know existed. So, uh, no, I mean, I didn't even know that those were even websites. Um, I'm familiar with indeed. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm probably going to get off this call and check those websites out and post up on there. See if I can't, you know, get some interest. Awesome, man. So there's one thing, right? Websites, yeah. hit the Google, yeah. hit the Google's up look for areas there. And I want this to be, you know, for our listeners and also for you. So, um, you know, if you feel like I'm talking at you, it's just in this case, because we can't see each other, but, um, yeah. you know, give, trying to give some ideas that'll help you and others. Another, um, another thing which gets a little bit more involved is I've now spoken to a handful of owners who have basically started their own in-gym trainer academy. And, and have basically gotten, you know, their members or people from the area to come in and pay them to learn how to be a trainer. Some of them have, re, you know, you can resell like NASM certs or um, ACSM. There's a few certs that you can resell or they've come up with their own. So people are tr paying them, you know, a, a thousand, two thousand, whatever it is to come in and learn how to be a trainer so the yeah. gym is making money on the certification and then they're just handpicking like, oh, you know, hey, Josh, like you've done really well. You're the type of trainer I'd like to actually have work for me. So then they get their pick kind of cream of the crop of trainers. Do you feel like that's yeah. an avenue that you'd ever go down? Yeah, that's not, that's, I mean, that's actually a smart idea. Um, so yeah, that's, that's definitely something. And I have, I have a bunch of guys here who they're not, I mean, they're, they're not trainers, but you can see them helping other people out because there's just a there's a wealth of knowledge inside these walls. So um, some of those guys would probably actually be interested in it. I mean, so that, that is a good idea. Yeah, the, the in-house certification or, you know, leading people, the thing that um, that stops a lot of clients in your gym from becoming trainers is yeah. that in most cases they don't know that there's a path. They don't know how much they can make. They don't know that maybe it could supplement their income or replace their income. And it's, it's something where it's funny is opening up these conversations. A lot of times it's like, you know, you're on the, it's like, Hey, Josh, man, I, I see you're always helping people on, on here. Like you're awesome. Have you ever thought of being a trainer? And you, you know, it opens up that conversation. Well, you know, I don't know that I'm, I'm cut out for that. I don't have a technical background because you know, you can spot the people who have the personality and that people gravitate towards. You can teach people how to teach them, you know, how to lift or they can yes. get a technical certification. You can't teach the personality 
or the knack no. for it, or just that natural. There are people that just maybe they're maybe somebody's you know just super yak yoked and they're you know they're lifting all the weights in the gym and people are constantly asking them. It's like, hey, I know you like to help everybody. Be cool if you could get paid for it, right? Like so, yeah. you know, opening up those conversations really it surprises a lot of gym owners um, to the people that would be interested. And you get to pick and choose. You're like, I really like this this you know Susie who's been working out here. I think it'd be like, she's, she's that person I'd like to hire. You know, she might be, she might be a lawyer. She might be a stay at home mom. She might be a multi-business owner, but you know, we see people from all walks of life. They're like, man, I would just get so much fulfillment for that. I would love to do it. So um, yeah. that's, that's another avenue unex, unexplored pretty frequently. So um, hopefully that's another one that, that gets your wheels turning there. Yep. And, and, definitely. Uh, I, I definitely, I have one more. I mean, there's a million of these and, and you know, we only have so much time, but the other right, one yes. see moving the needle a little bit more in it, it takes a little more finesse is um, I've seen people come up with systems where they're reaching out to local, you know, colleges and universities and finding the people that are in exercise science that are in sports, nutrition, training, uh, physical therapy, all of these hands-on related courses of study and they're getting their foot in the door and having you know professors or department heads literally funneling them you know uh, the type of you know there's just this like plethora of people who like hey what about this person this person they may be looking for an internship which is is cool because you know that saves you money but also lets you get to know people paid internship free internship or someone who, you know, thinks their career is going in one direction, and again doesn't know that a personal trainer who charges with their worth and has a good system can make, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a year if they go full time or or whatever it is. So those are the three big needle movers that I'm seeing the most, and and I hope that's insightful for you um, to to maybe maybe open some doors in your quest for for future trainers. I actually kind of use that same philosophy, but with like digital media design, because I'm, I'm not a big, you know, like, I don't know how to cheat the algorithms on uh, Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and all that, but younger kids who's, you know, the, the heartbeat of those apps, they know how to do that. So I have reached out to the local um, trade school and the local university and you know, offered same deal. Hey, we need a we need a social media team, and you guys want to use us on the resume. So um, I have you know a couple guys that make videos for me, and we have a photographer who who uses us as you know his portfolio. So we we do do that. Um, I I have to look and see as far as you know like what programs they the local schools offer in terms of like training. But uh, yeah, that's definitely something that has crossed my mind. I'm just using it in like a different way besides the trainer. I've used it for, you know, media uh, aspects. Well, hey, at least you have, you know, that, that skill set and that experience is going to for sure translate over. Um, yeah. So hopefully, you know, if we, if we check in on you in the future, you'll be like, hey, man, I've got more trainers than I know what to do with here. And you're, you're in your bigger facility and, and things are, you know, you, you've expanded above 
there. So um, with that being said, as we start to wind down on time, um, I know finding trainers is is going to be a big thing that's that's going to push you in the in the business forward. Um, yeah, you're you're getting kind of capped out space wise. So looking for whatever that that next building is going to be. Um, and I love that your goal is to buy it and not rent it, so that you have a have an actual asset um, above yes. and beyond just just some equipment and you know um, a member list, which is great for you, but when it comes to building assets in a portfolio, you know, real estate is hard to beat. So uh, finding trainers, you know, finding those, the, you know, whatever that next space is, those are, you know, those are, those are big things that you have to work on. Um, do you have anything else in the works, any other projects, anything else that you're trying to, to crack the code on or any dragons to slay as you mm -hmm. work towards progress, that next bigger, better facility? Um, we're, we're going to do more uh, like powerlifting and strongman meets here. We actually have one coming up in March. So we're going to, we're going to do more of those because those are, those are quick, easy money generators. Um, you know, you find 25, 30 guys that want to compete and it doesn't really cost you much to do it. So um, we have right now we have a powerlifting meet scheduled. We have a strongman event scheduled and I'm working on when I want to do the next two because I want to do two of each this year. So um, we do that. We do a lot of, you know, a lot of merchandise sales, day passes. Um, yeah, I mean, those are just kind of like the the ways I'm, you know, looking at making extra revenue for the gym. Um, I, I have had some people come to me about, you know, potential business opportunities outside the gym. I have a, one of my members is actually a 19 year old kid that started a supplement company and uh, he's been open a year and he's doing, he's starting to do pretty well with it. So he's actually talked to me, you know, kind of seeing if I'd be interested in investing a little bit, which I'm always, you know, if, if it makes me money, it makes sense. So that's kind of something that I'm thinking about, but I, I mean, I would like to have, you know, multiple streams of income. That's, that's the secret. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm working on outside of trying to build memberships constantly. So basically the answer is you have your eyes and ears open towards every opportunity. And, yes. uh, you know, as long as you can pick and choose the ones that tickle your fancy, you're going to keep yes. pushing this whole thing forward. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've turned down some opportunities. I've had some, some presented to me and I just, it, it didn't it didn't really make sense to do so. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm always, always trying to keep my eyes and ears open for something to come along and that piques my interest and, you know, works for everyone involved. Awesome. Awesome, man. I love hearing that. I love that growth, open-minded mentality and mindset that you have there. So uh, I'm looking forward to, to getting back with you sometime in the future and seeing where this thing goes uh, for yeah. now, we are just about out of time. I do have one more big question for you before we let you go. You've been in this thing now. You're about to hit your seventh anniversary. Uh, you've seen a lot of trends come and go. You've you've tried different things. The business has evolved. If there was anything you could go back and tell your younger self, whether it was right, you know, before you opened the gym or sometime along the lines of of ownership, is there anything you wish you could go back and like kind of? grab yourself by the shoulders and be like, dude, 
you need to know this. Yeah. Um, I, I would probably look back and, you know, just kind of tell myself it's going to take time. Like it's not going to happen overnight. I think a lot of people go into business. They, you know, they get a business license, they get a logo and they're a business and well, here I am. Here's where's all the money. And that's not how it works. Um, so I think I would just kind of go back and, you know, tell myself like, just have patience. It'll, it'll work itself out. Um, and I mean, yeah, there's, there's some different, you know, things I would do as far as, you know, things I bought for the gym or, you know, certain things there, but, um, that would probably be the, the main thing I'd go back and tell myself is just kind of have patience. It's going to, it's going to work. So it just takes time. There's absolutely, one of my favorite sayings is there are no shortcuts. And that is, that is absolutely the truth. That's super truth. As, as the kids these days would say, big facts for sure. Yeah. Big facts. <laughs> my kids say that. Fax machine emoji. Right. And they've never even seen a fax machine, but it's all good, man. All right. Um, before I let you go, what's the website? Do you have any social media, anything else that you yeah. want to put out there for our listeners? Yeah. Instagram um, is actually, let me, let me pull it up real fast. It's terrible. I don't even know my own Instagram. Uh, Instagram is alpha underscore evolution underscore fitness. Uh, we do have a website. It's alphanewark.com. And we're also on Facebook, just Alpha Evolution Fitness uh, and Training. So, yeah, we're pretty active on social media. I try to post, try to get something out there at least once to twice a day. Um, so, yeah, follow us um, and, you know, maybe learn something. Learn from my mistakes. Awesome. We, we all can learn from each other. That's for sure, sir. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. That's officially all the time we have here, Josh. I thank you so much for being here. It's been yeah, a thank pleasure you. having you on. Thanks for your time. Likewise. All right. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate your time. Thanks for being here with us. We wouldn't be here without you. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you want to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.